It's Arnold Palmer Invitational Week, and Callaway took a tour through the King's office at Bay Hill, showed some incredible memorabilia, including Arnie's handwritten master's yardage book. Check out the full video for yourself at facebook.com slash Callaway. Let's go. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Arnie, that's... Better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect anything different? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up Podcast. I'm Chris Solomon, joined by a two-time winner of the Arnold Palmer Invitational, which is this week, obviously starting this Thursday, Matt Every. Matt, thanks for joining us. What's going on, man? Yeah, thanks for having me. Nothing, man. I'm excited. My my first first and only interview of the week. <laughs> you had no interview requests on the, after I beat winning this event twice. You're scared of me, and then uh, the others just don't want to have my poor play. So I kind of s- slide right by them. So what uh, what is the vibe down there like this week? I mean, obviously you've had uh, an incredible history there, is and you've had a lot of struggles with your play recently. Does going back to yeah. a place like Bay Hill uh, bring back those memories and kind of give you some kind of boost of confidence going into the week? Yeah, you know I'm doing. I'm searching for whatever um, or whatever. Um, it's always a good vibe rolling into the parking lot here. I have. I do have a lot of good memories here. Um, as far as my game, it's it's pretty weird. Um, I'm, it's good on the range, and then I get to the course, and I kind of just um, I don't know what happens. It just I, sometimes I lock up over it. Sometimes things are going decent for like four or five holes, and then you know something bad happens, and I've tried to keep a good attitude through it all um because i know you know career isn't one year and um you know i know there's going to be a light at the end of the tunnel and i'm just i'm not i don't really give a crap about making cuts i want to win out here i know i can and uh you know <clears throat> having two win, you know the the list of guys that have two wins to three win you know that's a big deal having three wins on the pga tour so that's kind of my goal is just to get another win so it doesn't bother you as much to to miss a cut as maybe some of your peers you think. I could give a fuck about cuts. <laughs> um, seriously, it it happens. I'm not playing to make cuts. If I'm not, it's just it. It's part of part of the game, man. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not out here to, to try and finish thirtieth every week. You know. I was wondering what I mean. You've made at least on the tour on the course alone almost nine million dollars in your career. Um, you've missed you've missed several cuts in a row going into this week. Does that I mean obviously the, the tour players have plenty of sponsorship money. Does anything change from you like from a financial perspective when you aren't making actual money? Is there any like do you feel like pressure you should be making money for your caddy or anything like that? Does anything change in that regard? That's a really good question. Um, right now, no. Uh, I've, I have, <clears throat> I haven't, uh, how do I say this without sounding? No, it's fine. You could um, say you have a lot of money. You're a, you're a tour player. I don't have a lot. Of, I don't have a lot of money, but I also don't need to look at my bank account. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. Um, uh, I, I hate money. Um, 
ever since I was a kid. I just don't like talk. I don't like talking about it. Whatever. Yes, I do feel. I do feel, and you know, I have kids, um, and I do, but and I do feel pressure to make money for my caddy because he's a friend, you know, um, and I know he's out there trying hard, but it's not. My life has not changed because of my recent struggles. No. I mean, when you won for the first time, there was a, a huge amount of emotion that came from you in your interview, and I think it's pretty easy to kind of piece together uh, for somebody watching that that how much kind of goes into that win, right, and getting all the way to the top. What changed yeah. for you just in general on your outlook on golf life or anything after winning for the first time? Well... It's definitely uh, it's definitely the highest I've ever been in my life after I won, and um, you know I was completely sober, you know, <laughs> so it was it was a very weird it was it was it was it just had you know it has the most substance ever um, winning. It, it, it uh, I mean it it can become addictive and you almost kind of. After that, I don't know if I don't know if expectation my expectations changed for myself, and I was like, "Fuck, you know, I gotta I gotta do this again. This is awesome, you know, um, or what?" But I might have I might have started trying to a little too hard after I won. Um, you know, before I won the first time, I played really I was playing really well going into Bay Hill. I felt like I had a few good looks to win on the West Coast. And we rolled into Florida, and I think I played decent at either Honda or Tampa. And then, you know, Bay Hill rolled around, and and I just had a feeling. I knew I was going to be there. You know, you know, nobody can say I knew I was going to win that week. Right. Unless you're a Tiger, you know. But I mean, it it just it just I knew I was going to be around it. And then the next year, and then I and then I and then I kind of struggled after that. Uh, after the first win, it's kind of when my struggle started. Um, and then I randomly won the next year. I was playing terrible going into um, 2015. Yeah, um, terrible. And it just, it, I don't know what happened. It just worked out. And then I really haven't played good since that. I mean, maybe it's expectations enough. And so let's go back, going back to 2014, like it puts you, this win just puts you in a whole different kind of, category as far as you know you're going to be playing the majors for sure now you're getting into augusta you're um so that first time at augusta what what was that experience what what about that experience was kind of maybe surprising to you something you weren't expecting or something that just kind of stuck out to you like was there was there really that much of a different environment when you teed up for the first time in in the masters well the time the timing of my win i only had two weeks right um before Augusta so it's and I didn't play I don't think I played the next week so you know going into it my my, my last tournament I've won um and you know I believe in myself um it's, I'm, well I still believe in myself I believed in myself a lot more in 2014 <laughs> I mean I was freaking I was rolling you know I was like dude masters you know I'm gonna I'm gonna give this this a go you know what i'm saying yeah. and uh there's a lot more that goes in and, you know for me when i when i qualified two weeks before i'm scrambling for houses i got 
all my friends asking me for tickets, extended family asking me for tickets. Um, it just, there was a lot, you know, it, it was a relief when the tournament started, put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I, if, if, if I get into the masters again, which I hope I do, um, I swear to God, I'm going up by myself on Tuesday, you know, <laughs> um, I'm too, serious. Dude. Too much of a circus. It is, it is. There's too much. Um, it's a, be- it's a beautiful place. <clears throat> I just, any week I've ever played good, I've never been like, oh man, you know, I played good this week because Tuesday I had a really good practice round, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's never been that way. So you get to Augusta and you start playing all these holes and everyone's telling you, oh, you can't miss here and you get all these practice putts in the greens and that shit's all out the window once the tournament starts. I mean, you just almost completely forget it, you know? Um, so yeah, it was, that was, it was, different i wish i i wish i think i went up saturday before and like i said i'd, I'd go tuesday now yeah, that's a long time especially and, it, and that's kind it of it, did you i imagine that's not like you would approach any other tournament so you get a little bit out of your routine going with that route no i mean it's a miracle if i play an 18 hole practice round <laughs> um it's like nine holes that's it are you are you a golf nut like do you do you love the game of golf um, I used to. Yeah. I don't anymore. Uh, I used to love like the personalities and golf when I was growing up. I was a sports fan growing up. Um, but I played golf, so I you know I followed golf too. And just I I, I feel like there were more characters. And now it's like now now to me it seems like everyone. I'm 33. I feel like everybody younger than me pretty much played once off growing up and that's it that's on the pga tour um none of that's a bad thing i'm just you know it's just kind of how i think think of it right now a little bit more robotic and uh it is yeah track man you know (laughs) you're not a track man guy i mean i've used it it's probably gonna be worse i i was telling someone the other day um (laughs) that i i feel like track man uh, you can't see my hands but um (laughs) if track if uh if Trackman, I feel like has a problem. So if you put like the best, and you could probably throw Dustin out the window in this because he's just a freak. But you put athletes up here and guys who have only played golf down here, and I feel like Trackman brings them right in the middle. You know, it just brings the guys who are naturals down and brings the the guys who are folks and nerds and brings them up to the middle. Interesting. Because I feel like, and back to what you're saying, just about you know the younger guys coming out and a little bit less personality. I feel like golf, the way the media treats it, um, kind of the way the media treats any story, anything that's uh, yeah, outside. You have to be careful. Yeah, that's my point. Is everything that's even remotely outside the lines, or you know, if it, you know, people get upset and say, "Oh, that's such a boring interview. Take it one shot at a time and whatnot." But if you don't fall in yeah. line with that, you're making headlines on every website. So. Yeah. Do you do you, do you think that's well, a? You have a you know, that's very fair, very fair, very fair point. Um, and you have you're not only answering for yourself, you're answering for your sponsors too, right. right? So I mean, you know, I can't. I mean, I'll say what I want and whatever. I'm not that big a deal, but I understand if uh, you know Justin Thomas can't say what he really wants to. I I get that, you know, um, or 
you know, Daniel Berger or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, how cool would it be if we didn't have to answer it any? Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's it's a double-edged sword, right? I mean, everyone, the sponsorship, is, money it, flows. It is, it is, but I just, I don't know. Someone, somebody's going to do it. That's, that's voice is wants to be heard, you know? Um, like, my favorite uh, musician is Noel Gallagher, and he gives the best interviews ever because he literally doesn't, I mean, he does not care what people think about him, you know? Says whatever he wants, and I, he wants. I feel like you kind of feel the same way. Well, I do. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair, but I, 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 I could, I could already like sense you kind of balancing the line here. Of you know, you you want to say things, but and you're you're probably one of the more uncensored guy out guys out there. But you're at the same time, you have some things in mind. Like, okay, if I say that, this is gonna this is gonna really make some people upset. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah. I mean, when we were at dinner the other night, and I was telling Major, I was like, "Yeah, get me on this." I was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna some people on here." But um, yeah, no, there's, you know, I have to see these people. Not that I'm scared of them, but I mean, I just, you know, awkwardness and stuff like that. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, back to line with what you're saying, just kind of the guys coming out being a bit robotic. I feel like when when we do have anybody that kind of breaks the mold. Um, in a certain way that that we don't see to our liking, they get kind of lambasted on on in yeah. just it happens um, on social media. Let and when, me talk about yeah, let me talk about this social media stuff. All right. So yeah, if somebody comes out and says something, you know that they're not you know PC or whatever, you get hammered, right? Or I remember when I was coming out of school, I was cocky and arrogant. And I'm I, I'm not at all. Like I get along with everybody. I really do. And if you if you don't get along with me, something's wrong with you. That's <laughs> the way I think. And 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 I don't mean that in a cocky way, you know, or an arrogant way. I just I don't see. I give every, you know what I mean. I'm, I give yep. anybody the time of day. Um. But to label someone for speaking their mind, but then you got guys on Twitter who re retweet nice things about them. <laughs> That to me is like the all. I mean, that's narcissism. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's it's disgusting, and 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 nobody calls anybody out over it. You know, it's like wait, like like you're saying, hey, you're patting yourself on the back. You know, it's it's uh, so it sounds like you're on social media more than you than you claim you are, though. No, I used I used to have a Twitter, and my agent made me get off of it because I'd start firing back at people. And um, they got me in trouble. The worst is that there's now like the the daily fantasy sports guys that will, if you mess up their lineup, like you personally, they'll be all over you. You will be receiving messages. Like, yeah, well, I do that in fantasy football. And, you know, <laughs> straight up. Maybe. Why do you drop that pass? Maybe it is better that you don't have a Twitter account. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. I definitely don't do that. <laughs> uh, fantasy golf, straight degenerate. Back in again with what you're saying about guys being different, somebody like Bryson DeChambeau that's come out, um, I feel like he's yeah. really ruffled a lot of feathers on tour. Just kind of this his entire approach, you know, towards making sure that everyone knows how scientific he is and whatnot. Is that something that's talked about on tour? Like, is, are, do, are guys as upset with it as it as it seems like to me? Okay, I he does not ruffle my feathers at all. 
um, and he said hi to me. This with me. Um, so I'm all right with Bryson. I don't. Uh, I don't uh, agree with how his whole putter thing was handled, where they kind of like told him it was okay, and then they just went up and said, "Hey, actually, it's not okay." Um, I, you know, he he is different, and it's okay. You know, like I, he's he's fine with me. I'm uh, I'm more like I'm. You know, hey. He, if he wants people to know he's a scientist and he is a scientist, great. You know, it's better than a dork wanting everyone to know. Think he's cool. <laughs> Are is someone? Is there any guys on tour that you've kind of like older guys on tour that you kind of have gravitated towards in the past? Maybe that fit the mold more of what you're saying and the less robotic and more free freewheeling guys. Yeah, so my my favorite golfer. Growing up was Mark Calcavecchia. Um, I just liked the way he played, dude. I mean, just swung hard and hit this big old cut, and I just liked everything about him. I like, uh, I mean, if we're going older, so we're just saying just older than me, um, Tom Gillis, I really like. Um, and then the people, you know, the guys that I roll it out here, like uh, Steve Marino, Will McKenzie is great. Spencer Levine off the course is great. Um, Why just off the, the course there? Why just off the course for Spencer <laughs> Levine? Yeah, it's a little intense. Um, <laughs> no. uh, I, I get along with everyone, man. I really do. Um, the older, yeah, my, like my age and up, um, it's a little easier to get along with. I always, another thing about the young guys out here, I find it funny uh, I was in the locker room today talking with another guy. Um, you see these guys that are like, you know, 20 to 25, and they're wearing metal spikes. And it's like you – I mean, I'm 33, and I barely – and I started golf early, and I barely had a pair of metal spike shoes. Um, so it's, that's kind of funny to me. Um, I just don't see the, the point in it. It's just – trying too hard (laughs) (laughs) a quick break to talk to you guys about the new epic driver from callaway you've already heard a lot about it you've heard me talk about it i actually played it for the first time today uh my playing partner and i were laughing out loud actually at some of the tee shots i was hitting with with this thing it looks like the ball should kind of stop rising and start heading towards the earth and it just kept going higher and higher I hit one about 340 yards. It was downwind, downhill, but anyways, uh, at sea level today. And I'm absolutely amped about this thing. Find out more about this thing, callawaygolf.com slash epic. There's a reason why everyone is saying the things that they are about this golf club. It is totally legit. So uh, back to the interview now with Matt Every. So let's say if you're you're in charge of the tour like tomorrow, what, what are some of the first changes you're making? Oh my god! This is the best. This is the best question ever. Um, a bunch. One, no. If you're gonna wear glasses, wear them on your fucking face. Not <laughs> your hat. You're gonna. That's the biggest pressing issue for you. It just bothers me. I mean, it's like an accessory. You know, um, we're, we're accessorizing out here now. Um, uh, we'd probably do something with pace of play out here. I'm not sure how, but it needs to be a little faster. 
but not before we get the, the glasses thing figured out. Yeah, that's got to go first. Okay. That's got to go. Um, what else do we got? There's a lot. Just give me a sec. Um, yeah, metal spikes. Got to go. Out. Do they do they mess up the greens as much as... Uh, I mean, d- does it have an effect on the greens? Like, Can you tell when you're playing with a guy that has metal spikes? Um, yeah, you can. Okay. Oh, the difference in the market makes is very different. Yeah. Um, what else? We got uh, New Balance golf shoes. Got to go. <laughs> Who wears those? <laughs> exactly. Um, I don't. I've I've seen some commercials and I've seen them on people. And not for me. Um. <laughs> What else we got? You asked me what I changed. You can't you can't judge me for this. I'm not judging um, at all. I'm excited about all these. Are we okay with Skechers though? Oh no, that's actually the ones I was talking about. I think. Okay, Skechers got to go then. Well, both, both. I mean, to me, you should wear only all white golf shoes. They go with everything. They look good. Um, what else do we got? Um, this. Uh, the whining has to go. You know, there's nothing wrong with a little rage, but let it out, and then that's it. You know. Um, it doesn't sound so like these are no very fine. These aren't really okay. Fines. That's a good one. I was gonna say these aren't really these aren't necessarily rules based as much as there's just things you want to just change about other people. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Change, change things I want to change about the tour. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fines. How many times have you been fined? Um, well, I've appealed a lot of them, uh, but <laughs> I've been fined a lot. Um, Did you win any of the appeals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, it's kind of they're they're very broad. I mean, conduct and becoming is a very broad broad term. Um, and you know, most of mine have come from you know, if like a volunteer sees me chuck a club or something, I get you know. I don't know if they'd instruct the volunteers at the start of the week to tell on people or what, but it's only unless they got cam not seeing it, you know. And um you know, they're not allowed to talk about fines and tour, but I always, whenever I get fined and then I see someone on T V, you know, throw a club, I'm like, Hey, you guys find this guy for this and I'm like, yeah, you know, you're not finding me for this. Two people saw it. The whole world saw that. Just kind of stuff like that. Um I've gotten out of probably half of them. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Is it? Do you wish that they were just had an open policy about the when they find people and and suspend people or anything like that? I do. I do. Uh, no, no. Suspensions, no. Um, <laughs> fines, yes. Okay. Two separate categories there. Two totally separate categories. <laughs> um, is that all the things you change, or are there more? There's probably more, and if we're talking, I okay. think of them all. You know. Um, so I I make I like to make light of the fact that uh, on whenever somebody comes on the broadcast uh, for the first time that day or anything, the like the, the the announcers tend to not go past like the first sheet of information on the guy. Like when you see Sam Saunders on the screen, they're going to mention that he's Arnold yeah. Palmer's grandson. So what what are the what are the top items on you for whenever anybody uh, is talking about you like the three things two or three things that are always the first that get mentioned? You know, Matt every University of Florida, or you know, or they'll go to Bay Hill. 
Um, but dude, I haven't been on TV much lately. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, not it doesn't even have to be TV. It's like the, the the narratives. What are the the favorite narratives that people like to say about you? Uh, well, TV or just people like people. Just, TV would be just. I mean, if if yeah. you just looked at yeah, it would be University of Florida and um, three time all American or four time all American. You know. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Okay. Pretty. I'm like a, a pretty boring person. So I'm not, but on paper I am. Getting into a little more details, you touched on it very briefly earlier, just on your struggles. How you said, you know, when you're on the practice range, it's all there, and when you take it to the course, it's not really there. Does the same go for when you're playing practice rounds at home when you're not in an event? Um. Yes, it does. It's a little weird. <laughs> I'll be on my home course and I'll just it'll be good, 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 and then I'll hit a foul ball and I'm like you can't play. It's borderline. The last the last year and a half it's been borderline driver yips. I don't know if I want to call it that, but it's it's close, and it's not even close to which one I'd rather like. I'd rather have putting yips every day of the week than driver yips. You really? can't. You just can't play with You can't. You're numb. Quick audio cutout. Yeah. So if I had to choose, you know, driver, you know, I've played with a guy who had the putting yips when I had the driver yips, and he beat me by eight shots. You know, and it's you just can't compete when you're not in play. You had mentioned, I think it was around this time last year, that you were having <clears throat> issues where you're kind of somewhat blacking out over the ball. Does that something that still yeah. that still happens to you? Um, a little bit. I, yeah, it's not. I'd probably explain that poorly. It's not. It's not a complete blackout like I'm like I faint, but um, I just my body just seizes up and I forget what I'm doing, and it's it's the weirdest thing ever. I've gone and got hypnotized. I've done. I've tried everything, dude. Um. And it's just I just got to dig it out, man. It's gonna it'll come sooner or later. I just need one round um, to get me going. This is the kind of person I am, you know. And then I'll I'll be off and running again. And that's what I was gonna ask next: is have you are you willing to try like you know anything? Changing coaching, changing you know sports yeah. psychologist, anything? Yeah. You've done it all. Yeah, done it all. It's my fault. I mean, it's not like it's not at all comes back down to, to me and the choices that I've made where I'm at now um, I would never blame coach for anything uh, you know I'm the one that seeks their advice it's not like they come to me and put a gun in my head and said you have to let me coach you you know so I've learned a ton I almost think I've learned too much um, <laughs> too much information yeah, I wish I could forget a lot of stuff that I know about the golf swing. I feel like it'd be better, um, but I can't. <laughs> so, what is when you're about to hit a shot? What do you, what are your swing thoughts? I know it, that can vary for 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 a person de- depending on week you know even, week. yeah week to week. Like for me, I try to think like two to three things, and like I've I've talked to some guys that think about like ten different things when they swing. So like right now, when you're swinging, what are you thinking? Um. Like today, I was all I thought about was um, keeping pressure in my left foot the whole swing on the the whole way. Um, 
and that was it. I, I'm to the point where I can't have I can't have three swing thoughts. There's just I wouldn't, wouldn't be able to swing, you know. Yeah. So one is enough, and I just stick to it and try and commit to it as much as I can, um, and go from there. In talking, I spoke uh, just with a with another player today, and kind of asked him, who I think knows you pretty well, and I just asked him what uh, you know what what I should ask you about anything in particular, and he he described you as one of the, a a more misunderstood guys on tour. Uh, why would you say? Well, first of all, how would you classify that, and why would uh, why do you think a, a tour peer might say that about you? Um. I don't know. I don't know if I come off as unapproachable. Maybe. Um, or what it is, I have a lot of uh, really good friends out here. And maybe the ones that don't, you know, if you're judging a book by its cover, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um you're you're more you're just, you're just more of a I, I feel like you're you're just kind of a straight shooter and that can kind of come off as in this in this kind of environment on the course I, I don't want to, I don't know if aloof is the right word or or whatnot is that is there anything to that or um, is it something you like you you feel like you experience out on tour or you feel like for the most part people are very cool with you no I I'm I feel like people are very cool with me yeah um, yeah for cool. sure and. If they're not, fuck them. (laughs) I can subscribe to that. All right, there's a real strong internet movement right now to rid the game of white belts, but I didn't hear that in your list of things. Uh, That's on there. That's on there. Okay, but when you when you won in 2014, uh, three years ago that was cool. But when you won in 2014, you had a white belt on. All I'm saying. I wore a white belt in that picture. I'm pretty sure I was watching the clips earlier, and uh, I think so. Or w- when did the white belt officially die? Maybe a better question. All right. Well, first of all, I've never been into white belts. You probably will find a picture of me wearing <laughs> one, but for some reason, my outfits used to get scripted, and I've and the, pe- the people's clothes I wore, I hated when they threw white belts on there. I mean, they throw orange belts on there and shit, and that's not me. Like I'm, it's not me at all. Um, but I'm all for it. I do not own a white belt now. I own, I wear a black belt every day and I wear white shoes every day and a white hat every day. Um, yeah. And white belt can go decent with some things, but God, I've seen it misused out here so bad sometimes. Uh, where would you rank your club throwing abilities compared to the rest of the tour? Number one, (laughs) not even close. What's the best like let go of a, a, a just absolute throw you've had in an event? I've had a bunch. I've launched a few. I got a couple over the cliff on six at Pebble on the right. <laughs> a couple? Canyon at oh yeah, couple. Um, I got some in the canyon on. I had one. I don't know. It was either last year. It was last year. Tory. Not so. Not like a year and a month ago or whatever. Um. I hit one right on 14, and then I don't even know what, uh, where I hit the next shot, but I threw whoever I was playing with. I threw my club over their head into the canyon on the other side. <laughs> they just ducked for cover? It, it, it cleared them 
by a ton. By a mile. Um, yeah, no, I love just aggression. <laughs> and then it's fine. And then I'll go talk to that person. It's out. Then you're good. So what, who's a guy that you play with out there ever that you, that uh, it just feels their game feels the most different than everyone else? Any any kind of aspect like they, this guy drives the ball better than anyone I've ever seen. What what skill of one player like sticks out to you the most of a guy you've played with? Um, well, if I was going, you know, if I was a golf fan and I was going to the range to watch someone, I would watch Henrik Stenson yeah. balls. Um, his sound is just it's just totally different than anybody else's it's like it sounds like a rocket and that goes for all the way through the bag not just the three iron three wood right he's a machine yeah Yeah. I mean he he's like a machine but he doesn't have like a machine looking swing you know yeah he's an an absolute freak what's a favorite major that you've played in you played in I think you played in all eight in 2014 and 15 right well what which uh, what event sticks out the most of of all those eight uh, probably both British Opens. Um, just the vibe over there. It's just, it's so much, it's just real, man. Um, first one I played in, I was paired with, uh, Harris English and he's a, um, a Georgia boy. And, you know, before I played in the majors, probably would have said my the masters is going to be my favorite. And I remember walking to the first tee with him. And we were both like, man, this is way cooler than any other major. Um, you know, little kids know your name over there. It's it's weird. Like, little kids over here don't know who I am. Even this week, they don't know who I am, and that's fine. You know, um, they shouldn't. But <laughs> over there, they're you know they know your name. It's just it's crazy. It's it's a, it's a it's it's just it it feels so much more authentic over there. Looking <clears throat> towards this week, um, obviously with your you winning here twice. What about and I'm sure this is a question you get a lot, but what is it about this golf course in particular that really fits your eye? Um, I don't know. Um, I think some holes it kind of forces my hand off the tee to lay back and um, no laying up uh, <laughs> to, to lay back on the tee. And, you know, when I'm playing good, my irons are usually my strength. Uh, and it's definitely a second shot golf course, this place. So and the fairways are wide. Um, so maybe just giving myself a lot. It gives it gives me a lot of opportunities to hit my irons. Where you know, when I'm struggling, I don't ever get to hit out of the fairway. So <laughs> I get to be out of the fairway a little more here. So what if someone asks for like your your go to good story? What's the first one you're going for? Um, well, I have a couple. One involves Chris DeMarco. The other involves Pat Perez and Jeff Overton. That's probably the best one, though. Um, we got time for both. So Don't you worry. All right. All right, good. So we're playing the Barclays um, at Liberty National one year. And Pat has this image of a hard ass out here and he couldn't be further from it um he's extremely soft he's a great guy but he's very he's very soft and um he was I forget what he was saying overton's name got brought up and he was he was just i don't know if he was whining about him or, or whatever um i don't know if jeff was annoying him or what well i had just got a new phone number and 
<clears throat> sitting at the at the bar uh, with Martin Flores at that uh, Hyatt in in Jersey on the on the water, and I go, let's. I said, let's fucking press, because so, he didn't have my number yet. And so I I text him and I said, hey man, it's Jeff. This is Monday night. I said, hey man, it's Jeff. Um, Prax round with you tomorrow. And Pat goes, oh sorry, I've got four. You know, maybe another time, something like that. I said, oh man, come on. You know, I really wanted to play with you tomorrow. He goes, all right, fine. Teen off at teen off at nine thirty. I'll see you out there. All right, thanks, man. All right, whatever. So I go out there early. I play. I play nine holes, and I'm walking up the ninth hole, and down number one is Overton is coming. This is at like nine o'clock. Down number one, Overton's playing with with Mickelson. Okay, <laughs> so I get done with nine. I walk onto the putting green, and Pat is on the putting green, and he beelines over towards me, and he goes, "You're not gonna believe this fucking guy." <laughs> he asked me, he asked to fucking play with me today, and then he, and then I see him, and he just walks right by me and goes to the first team and plays with Phil. And I was like, "No way!" I was like, "That's terrible." <laughs> hey, um, I'm sitting there with uh. I'm sitting there with Flores again, and I'm telling him about everything that went down. <laughs> and I text Pat, and I go, hey, man, sorry I bailed on you today. You know, Phil asked me to play, and I just, I just can't pass up playing with Phil. And it's something about, you know, Phil's got a lot of experience, and Pat goes, uh, fuck you, I got experience. And I was like, I was like, yeah, but not like Phil. You know? And he was getting... He was getting uh, riled up, and then I and then I go, "Hey man, um, I'm thinking about moving out to Scottsdale. Do you care if I come and stay at your place while I'm looking for houses for a couple of days?" And he goes, "Yeah, that's fine. Just let me know when." And I was like, "Oh my god, what a softie!" <laughs> so Thursday, there's another hotel in the city, and you could take a ferry to it. Like uh, uh, the ferry, there was a ferry that ran to Liberty. Well, this could have gone on forever, but fucking Overton and Perez get on the same ferry oh. okay, on the way over. And and Overton Perez goes up goes, Can't believe you built on me yesterday and he's like, What are you talking about? And then the and then Jeff had already had my number and he pulled uh he pulled out the the uh his phone and typed in the number and it was mine and uh he figured it out then. Peace but, yeah, out. No, it, was, it was pretty good. Ah, oh, that's that's a damn good one. That's a damn good one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um. So who? Do you want who the Demarco one? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. It's fine. So we're getting ready. Uh, we're out playing. 
and I look at my phone, and we're lo- we're losing, all right? And it's deep into the third quarter, and I think we were down by, like, two scores. And the guy, I told the guys I was playing with about the bet, and they're like, you think Chris is looking? I was like, I guarantee you. So right when I said that, I look at my phone, and there's a text from him that says, no bet, can't concentrate. <laughs> I'm like, I'm never betting with you again. Get I'm you. telling everyone about this. <laughs> <laughs> Did, what was the final of that game? Oh, dude, we blocked a punt with like a minute to go to score and scored a touchdown on a blocked punt to win by like two points. So he ended up costing himself a hundred bucks, but um, it went down. It wasn't great. You can't bail on a bet like that. That deserves to no. be out there in the public yeah. like that. So it does. It does. So, all right, Matt, I'm gonna let you go on that, man. Those are excellent stories, and I appreciate you taking uh, taking a big piece of your time this week. And uh, best of luck at Bay Hill. I know it's a special place to you, and uh, best of luck getting your game back on track. I think uh, I think you you realize that uh, that it's definitely a possibility, and uh, you're taking the right steps towards it. So we'll we'll be rooting for you. That's for sure. It is. Thanks, dude. Good luck with your stuff. Uh, cheers, man. Appreciate it. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yes! Yeah. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! <laughs>